You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So on Saturday, Matt Jones, PGA Tour professional, had about an eight-footer for birdie. Looking to contend in the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational over there at Bay Hill. He misses the putt, taps in for par, moving on to the next hole. Little do we know, a little uh, temper tantrum would flare up. That putter would head into the water, and he was putting with a 60 degree for the rest of his round. Not the greatest way to spend your Saturday at Bay Hill. Let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into this episode of Big Drive Energy, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. I am your host at Big Drive Spence here with my brother at Big Drive Mitch. We got a great interview coming up for you at the end of the pod. Our buddy Andy Morris. Uh, pretty renowned teacher over there in Portland, Oregon. Spent some time in California. He'll get into all that, but that is later on in the episode, so make sure you tune in for that. But we got some golf to talk about real quick and kind of a crazy weekend. Crazy weekend in golf. But first of all, Mitch, how was your week? What are you up to? Uh, I know you're flying out. Uh, we're recording this a little early this week, but you're flying out to New Jersey. How's uh, How's life? Life is good, man. Yeah, I'm heading out to New Jersey. Um, I'm going to the Avs Devils game tomorrow, or I, we're going to be releasing this Wednesday. So I went to the Avs Devils game last night, Tuesday night. How was um, it? I'm excited to check. How was the game? How was it? Um, I'm going to say four, four two, two Avs win. Okay. And we can we can fact check that later. Avs win four to two. We might what, sound like idiots by you, the end of this. Yeah, I'm. If I if I'm right, obviously I want all the credit. If I'm wrong, none of the blame. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. It was my birthday this weekend, so I'm kind of coming off of like bend like three separate benders 
pretty much from the beginning of February to then your wedding to then my birthday weekend. It's all just been a whirlwind, and I don't foresee it slowing down. When I'm, you know, um, I'm, I need to get back to work soon because I'm having way too much fun not working. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's rough. We it's, both worked a little bit today, and after six hours, I was like, ah, this is it. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done I'm for good. the day. <laughs> I think I'm good for another five or six days. But what was no, fun, I, a fun... I'm looking forward to getting back to work. Yeah, it was a fun so. fun birthday weekend, though. We went to Little Abs Flames um, at Ball Arena, so that was a good time. Uh, really enjoyed that, other than the overtime loss. But that's the one thing about hockey is they lose, and it, you still feel like you got something out of it. Uh, abs aren't in our division, not like it matters, because they're going to run away at the division anyways. So uh, overall, good weekend, though. Good weekend and a crazy weekend in golf, so... Let's start with the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Um, most U.S. Open-like golf tournament we've seen since the U.S. Open? We thought we thought it was going to be bad the week before, and then it turned out, like, unbelievable. Yeah, I, I want to say there was at least 10 um, guys at the top of the leaderboard that shot, like, three to four over par or more on Sunday. Like, it it played really, really fucking tough. The gr- it was firm. It was windy. Um, and that is just such a strategic golf course that I actually think it was, it was very widely recognized as one of the better PG tour events we've had probably so far this season, if not one of the best, um, because it was so strategic, the guys like the rough looked fucking treacherous. The rough was like four inches, which we all know is a lot. Um, it was pretty long. And so it, it, those guys were just getting so penalized, hitting fairway or not hitting fairways, which is also kind of ironic because I think Scheffler hit like five of fourteen fairways on Sunday and somehow still won. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was just really fun to watch. There's a lot of guys hitting in the water. There's a lot of uh, just a lot of wonky ass shots. Guys chipping it off the green. Guys not being able to keep bunker shots on the green. And, like, Victor Hovland, like, as much as we love the dude and we stand the dude, his short game isn't that good. Like, he hits so many fucking greens that when he's not hitting greens, he tends to struggle. And then you get the firm and quick greens like they had out at Bay Hill last week. He, I watched him hit multiple bunker shots, like, off. For me, yada, yada, yada. But still, like, it really tested his short game and all of their short games, but he, he he did piss away a lead that he had multiple times because of his short game. So I I really actually enjoyed this tournament. And I I was I pretty much watched the entire Sunday, so I thought it was a blast. Yeah, it was definitely a different vibe of having all the players <clears throat> be struggle so much. Essentially, like you said, a lot of rounds in the low uh, mid seventies to high seventies. And the winner, you know, I would have never thought after a, a Thursday of Rory McIlroy shooting 65 and being 7-under that we'd see a winner at 5-under. But shout-out to Scotty Scheffler, man. How about his last three starts? A win in Phoenix when we were there, uh, a, a T7, and then a week off, and then Bay Hill, he wins again. So uh, one of the dudes that uh, we may be looking at here for our picks for the players. It is tough to pick a guy to win back-to-back weeks, but maybe a top 10 or a top 20 with the, the kind of golf he's playing and 
doesn't matter where, doesn't matter when, the conditions, he's got it, uh, he's got it pretty dicked, and kind of relating to that, but just all the rounds over par, I did see a tweet uh, from Shane, uh, Shane Bankin on Twitter, uh, so he said, the tweet says, how valuable is even par? A look at where even par puts you on the PGA Tour in 2022. So, Tournament of Champions, dead fucking last <laughs> by seven. Um, Sony, miscut. Amex, miscut. Farmers, you would have been a T67. Pebble missed the cut. Phoenix, T60. The Riv, T67. The Honda, T16. And the Arnold Palmer Invitational, T11, which uh, nets a total um, in payment of about 500 grand, a little under 450 or 500 grand just by playing even par golf. So we love to see the birdies and love to see all that kind of stuff, but uh, just some incredible stuff from Scheffler and Horsch. It was just fun because a lot of guys had a chance. Now it ended up not going to a playoff, but just a lot of guys having a chance on Sunday always makes for a fun golf tournament. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, Hovland had that putt on 18 that he ultimately left like six inches short. looked like right in the heart and you could tell how disappointed he was in that but then um another guy that low-key stuck out on sunday was tyrell hatton he shot i want to say three under sunday and basically when the entire field was moving in the opposite direction he had one of the the best rounds of the day shot three under and he finished at four under um so he finished second place but what a round of golf to shoot three under around there and hatton is one of those kinds of dudes that he can draw. He can't. He, he, he's from England, so he he knows what tough, firm conditions feel like. He knows what wind feels like. So he got the putter going. He made a few good putts on Sunday and really held it together to, to climb back up that leaderboard when, when everybody was moving in a different direction. So Yeah, everybody was climbing the wrong way, and he was climbing the right way. Uh, one other story from this past weekend that we'd be remiss if we missed out on is, of course, Ryan Brem. Um, playing in the other PGA Tour event down in Puerto Rico. And pretty incredible if you guys didn't hear about this, a little quick backstory on Ryan Brem. So he, PGA Tour player, he was playing on a medical exemption. So this was his last possible start. He had to win this golf tournament in order to keep his tour card. And he went out and fired four straight rounds in the 60s. He made one bogey the entire week um, in Puerto Rico. And ended up winning with his wife on the bag. He had a carry bag, which if those of you guys know, not a lot of tour players have that. His wife carried his bag. He won um, convincingly. And so now he gets to go to the players next week, which he, in his post, post-match, post inter- post-match, post-round interview, um, ended up saying that his wife had already booked him for the players at some point during the week, which is kind of crazy. She already like booked the flights and stuff, so... Pretty cool story and um, unbelievable for him now. He'll have his tour card for two years. He'll be in the players, and he'll be able to continue his dream of playing on the PGA Tour, which I believe he's like 35 years old. So awesome for him to get his first win, and uh, a shout-out to him. One other last thing that we uh, didn't get to see him much on tour uh, on TV at all because it was later in the evening. They were in over in Singapore, but... This, tr- this tweet from Amy Rogers talking about Jin, Kung- Jin Young Ko is just insane. So this golfer that you guys probably have never heard of has won six times in her last 10 starts. And her final round, she shot 66. And she set the LPGA Tour's all-time record for most consecutive rounds in the 60s, 15. And she's got 30 straight rounds under par. That's machine, dude. That's like... 
I don't even know if Tiger's got that kind of those kinds of numbers like that. that what an unbelievable feat for her! And I, like you said, dude, I'm, I'm being real honest. I never heard heard her name before this week when it kind of just started blowing up and uh, all over social media. But what if? Like, talk about just golfing your ball. Like the fact that we've seen the likes like Annika Sorenstam and Lydia Ko and. Michelle Wee and uh, Lorena Ochoa, all these all-time greats, and she sets the record for most consecutive rounds in the 60s. Like, unbelievable feat, and it sounds like she's quickly uh, catapulting herself into the the top female golfer uh, conversation, really. Yeah, she's looking at that world number one, and, and I don't if she's not already there, she's going to be there pretty damn quick. Impressive performance for her, just... I, I don't I can't even put that into words really. I, if I shot thirty straight rounds in the seventies, I'd be hyped. And then doing it in the sixties, I know we're on very different levels. That's very clear. Um, but yeah, just just some incredible stuff for her. So shout out to her and shout out to Ryan Bram. Shout out to Scotty Scheffler, all taking home the W's this week. And Retief Goosen, players uh, he won on the Champions Tour this week or the PGA Tour Champions or whatever they call it nowadays. Too much work to. Yeah, didn't he win by like three or four or five shots? He won pretty convincingly. Yeah, so he he's back on the radar. But uh, all right, guys, we're gonna hop into this interview with Andy Morris. This interview is brought to you by DraftKings, and conference tournaments are right around the corner. Our Iowa Hawkeyes got that five seed. My jersey came in today. I'm ready to see them run shit in the Big Ten. Turn your own team's victory into your own win with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet five dollars on any team, and you get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do. Illinois listeners, we have some big news. Mobile registration is back, and right now you can sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook simply by downloading the app right on your phone. I'm sorry that Illinois is going to have to lose to Iowa in the Big Ten Championship, but, you know, that's how it goes. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can always still join in on the action with DraftKings Pools. Everybody can play for free all of March and have your shot at $250,000. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR and bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win. Promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook this week. 21 and older, restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, now for Andy Morris. All right, we are here with the legend, Big Red, one of my best friends in college, one of the coolest <laughs> kids I've ever met, and will be a lifelong friend. Uh, Andy Morris, how you doing, brother? Good to have you on. Thanks for taking some time for us today, bro. Absolutely, man. So stoked to be on here. Been doing well, man. Killing it up here in Portland, Oregon, teaching golf every day. So Portland, Oregon, Wait, right? Real, real quick, I was just going to mention his beard is fucking luscious. It is. That is. <clears throat> I feel bad for everybody that can't see it right now because it looks so good. Like, he, he, I think he has more hair on his chin than I do on the top of my head. So, you got more, more than on my head. That's for damn sure. <laughs> so, you're, you're in Portland, Oregon, right? But let's talk about how you got there. So, of course, we met in college, did the PGA thing. Um, but your and my road went very different ways. So, kind of talk about, talk about your internships, first of all how that worked out for you and then what, how it got you to what you're doing today, which is, uh, by the way, follow him on Instagram at Andy Morris golf. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Andy Andy Morris golf. If you want some golf tips, he puts out great videos that you guys can watch. And, uh, I think one of the things that's tough about teaching the game of golf is everybody thinks that like, I'm going to be honest, like two, 
half the people that watch your videos, that one video is not for them, but the other ones are for them. Like it's so hard to like encompass everyone, but your, your videos are awesome because they're like breaking things down. And a lot of the times we've, I've realized, you know, I, I don't teach a ton anymore, but the more you can explain to somebody why, instead of how, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it resonates with them way more. For sure. For sure. And then I like what you said too, is uh, about any video, whether it's on Instagram or YouTube, it, it doesn't pertain to everybody at that moment. And so I'm constantly having to tell students like you need to be careful on YouTube because I think there's a million brilliant videos out there, but the student just hears it, goes for it, tries it, sucks at it. And they think they're idiots or they're this or they're that. They don't know what they're talking about. It's like, Hey, like they actually made a badass video but you should be thinking about something completely different right now. Like you're just not at that part in your game to be worrying about whatever that video is about. And so, yeah, I, I agree. Like just, Oh, I'm sorry, Andy. I was just going to say, it's almost like you're, you're as a golf coach, you almost have to tell people what to work. You're, you're just as concerned with what they are consuming as to what they aren't like. They need to limit themselves on what they look at because especially for an intermediate golfer, they're like, Oh, do I need to do this? Do I? And it's like, just listen to your, your golf professional one-on-one teaching. There's, there's no Trump card for that. Like there, there's no better way to, to get actual correct information that pertains to you than to meet with your teacher. So YouTube is, it's great. Instagram's awesome. I love all that, but that is the the challenging thing is like, no, that's not for you. And that's okay. Like, yeah. don't worry might, about that yeah you might need that in three months from now you might need it in two years from now but yeah as all of us are guilty of even higher level players like ourselves is like not necessarily getting it from youtube but we know a lot about the golf swing and so if we go through a slump and even if we don't like i don't have a coach we'll go through a yeah. slump think of the amount of things that are going through my head of what it could be because i fix those on a daily basis right so now now take an inexperienced mind so an amateur golfer and they're just, it's, that's a whole new world. They don't know anything about. And they're like, should, that must be good. Like there it's on YouTube. I should probably be trying to do that. And man, it's, it, they spiral fast. And then I've had so many lessons where we talk for 20 minutes about how they don't need that. And here's why, and here's why I'm asking you to do a and B now. Um, but yeah. So anyways, bringing it back, like that was a good thing that Spencer said right there. It's like, it's a little good, but it's not for everybody. Not every video is for everybody at that given time, but listen, sure. to, your, listen to your fucking golf coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exa- it's, it's pretty simple. If you got a, if you got a coach that you trust, take their word over whatever you're seeing on the internet. Cause you're there. There's a lot of different ways to get better, but there's no easier way to get worse than watching a million different YouTube videos. Well psychoanalyzing yeah. every single fucking part of the golf swing so yeah yeah it happens fast um it, does, then, it yeah, does answer give a little quick background on myself like spencer asked is so spencer and i met in would have been like 2011 at university of colorado fuck we're old dude holy shit <laughs> it flew by didn't it oh my god and then yeah i think spencer was 12 when i met him <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think he's like 19 right now he so finally made it to 19 <laughs> subtract yeah. 12 or 11 from that and we're getting closer to drinking age I'd, I'd kill for that baby face any day of the week um 
No, so we met, we were doing the, the golf thing. When I got, I don't know about you, but when we when I entered the program, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a head pro or I'm going to be a GM for sure. Like that's, that's why I'm joining the program. And then obviously not knowing that much about the golf industry, probably like two years in into our four-year program where I was like, yeah, screw that. Like, I don't want to be inside of a golf shop ever again. Because <laughs> my first two internships were just golf shop, just golf shop, checking people in, just doing doing the dailies, you know. Where were you at for the, your first two? Uh, my very first one, I went, I did my three month at uh, Bayonet and Black Horse. It's like right next to, it's like 15 minutes away from Pebble Beach. Is that Carmel? What is that considered? Seaside, uh, technically. Okay, Seaside, the, gotcha. Like two towns north, basically. Uh, gotcha, uh, well, yeah. Class golf courses, for sure. Oh, all around that area. That's like a mecca. It is. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Like I was really lucky to work there because I had actually gone to college there for two years before I went to uh, Colorado. Okay. So then, yeah. So sitting in the shop, especially there, you're like, fuck this. I want to be outside. I want to be doing something else besides sitting behind the desk, watching all these other people enjoy themselves. Exactly. Exactly. And so I just started to get really passionate between that. And then my second internship, uh, that was in St. Louis, Missouri. That was <laughs> that was an interesting internship. Um, fun town. What, I learned internship not so much. Um, or were you at a country club or just a public yeah, course? Small country club, like three hundred members. Um, essentially, the guys that hired me were just kind of looking for cheap help um, instead Sounds of about trying right. to help me learn stuff. You know what I mean? Like I get it. Like yeah, I am cheap help, but I mean, I was I was eager to learn. I just wanted to learn stuff. I wanted to learn how to do tournaments. I wanted to start to learn how to teach, you know. Um, and they really didn't give you any of that? No, it was it oh, was counter, counter jockey for eight hours a day for six months straight, man. Oh. I would ask them, I'm like, hey, let me go watch you teach. Hey, let me help you run a tournament. Like, I don't, I don't understand how the software works. Like, just show me. And it was like, oh, hey, the phone's ringing. Go back out. Nothing worse. So, and that's when I had already got the itch to teach a little bit. So what I started to do was I started to teach uh, some, like, started to teach some of the members, like, on the side, but not, I wouldn't charge them because I did not want to get caught charging them money. Um, and it would be, like, 10, 15, 20 minutes. And I just had a couple of regular people that would, as soon as they saw me go to the range, they would just follow me out there. And I would work on stuff. And then it really clicked. I remember there was this guy who was, like, a, he's a scratch. He's a zero. And he was just hitting balls, complaining, like, I can't hit the ball lower. Everything I do is sky high. And then I just said, hey, like, if you want to hear my two cents, like, I'd love to give it to you. He goes, yeah, like, what do you got? And, I mean, within two swings, this dude's hitting it 20 yards further and lower, and he, he's feeling good about it. I'm like, all right, this teaching thing, like, that's for me, for sure. That was one of the pivotal moments right there. Oh, yeah, dude, you, you touched those times where – something clicks with a student and I think it almost makes you feel better than it makes them. Cause yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. well, like you get, when you just get the point across so well and they, they understand what you're saying. I don't think Spencer can relate to this because he avoids, <laughs> he, he avoids the lesson T like it's fucking covered in hot metal spikes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but dude, just being out on the, there's nothing more gratifying than being out on the lesson T and, and like you said, I mean, there's definitely, some fixes are easier than others, but with some yeah. lessons, like five minutes in, you're, it clicks with somebody and you're like, holy shit, like this yeah. is awesome. And it, it takes every, nowadays, when you get that, that five, 10 minutes in and 
it's like we've already achieved what we plan to achieve in this hour it takes yeah. every ounce of my coaching ability to just leave it there and just let them hit balls let them change the club let them change the target so any if there's any amateur coaches out there <laughs> I'm listening. Right there's a lot of there's I'm a listening. lot of <laughs> If you are teaching a lesson or even if you're helping a friend out, if you're just helping a friend and you think you know a little bit more than they do and it works, shut up after that. Shut up. Just give them a different club. Give them a different target. They'll ask you 100 questions after that. Just shut up because that's the best thing you could do for them. If you see it working, leave it. I like that, dude, because that's that's another thing that so easily gets done is, like you said, 10 15 minutes in you you've accomplished what you set out to accomplish in an hour but then you end up trying to fill it with fill the other 45 so then you're it's so easy to go down the hole of oh but you could do this you could do that as opposed to letting them absorb it and just just like you said answering questions that they have about that yep yep that's a that's a tough one that's whenever you see if you ever see if you ever witness that happen you know that's like an experienced coach right there I, I yeah. tell people nowadays, like, hey, that's a great question, but today's not the day I'm going to answer it, you know, because they watch YouTube <laughs> and they come yeah. in and I'm like, hey, yeah, his goal they, was they, to get better at a top position or something like that. And then they're asking questions about like downswing and rotation and club face position at P6. And I'm like, that's great. It's all good stuff, but you just don't need to know it right now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so after college, we, you did, where did you do your six months? Uh, and did they like, was that the place you continued on at? It was no. So my final internship, when I had already fully decided I'm going to teach, I, I zero pro shop time for six months. Um, I found a job actually back in my hometown, like Oakland, California. And I was working for a, he's a master teacher. He's, he ran his own teaching business and he just wanted to bring me on to increase the size of his classes and, and take someone under his wing and bring them up. And so that's what I did is I got to work for an independent contractor right away. And uh, this is a super long story, maybe for a, another meeting, but essentially no, just the, send it out, dude, send it. We got time. Send it. Everyone's so curious about this. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Because you never I, know. the thing that we've gone over in this pod and just in general is like, we are funny. Well, we, I, we, we think we're funny, but we're also you're golf funny, professionals <laughs> and we're also golf professionals. And like, people don't understand like what being a golf professional is and that the, and mm-hmm. the fact that there's a million different ways to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. we couldn't be, we're both PGA certified class A. Yeah. I probably shouldn't be, but I am. And we <laughs> both do things completely. We have like literally our jobs could, but not be more different. Right. Oh yeah. Totally different. And like I said, when I first showed up, I thought I was going to be a GM. Like, Oh, that's what I want to do for sure. And it's like, man, it didn't take long to figure out that's not what I wanted to do. Um, but luckily that's why the program is there. They let you touch on a bunch of different stuff, but anyway, like that, that final internship that had to be six or seven months, I think it was, I was like, I am not going in a pro shop. I will do whatever it takes to teach. Or even if I have to do nothing for seven months, but watch a teacher, I was going to do it. And so found the job found, and it happened to be back in my hometown. So I could go, uh, go back to somewhere comfortable where I knew, knew the area, knew some people around, help drive some business in the future. But I signed up to be at a course with this guy and cause you get it all finalized before you even, um, before you go, everything's finalized. You sign on, you sign a contract, then you graduate, then you get to your internship. 
So I remember I graduated, we graduated in what, like May of 2015. I think you were, I, I didn't walk until December, but yeah, you, oh, okay. so, yeah, you were done in right. May. I was the May class. Um, and so literally what let's, whatever, let's call it May 15th. Uh, on May 16th, I started the, the two day drive back to California. And on the second day of the drive, I'm in Reno, which is like three, three and a half hours outside of my hometown. And uh, I get a phone call from this dude, the guy that I signed on with. He goes, uh, hey, you got a minute? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, like, I got I'm, fucking three hours. Uh, three hours, here, really? So. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> um, and he goes, hey, like, I just got to make this quick. So he goes, we're not going to be at that golf course anymore. And I was like, instant panic. I'm like, I need this internship to become a class A PGA professional. I was like, so I'm, I'm selfishly thinking about me. I'm like, I need this. So I can't afford for you to not hire me. You are <laughs> no, fucking me right now. You are, I know you are screwed because you have a job and a life, but you're really screwing me too right now. And I'm like, what could this be? And he goes, yeah. So the course that I'm at is like getting new ownership. And so any independent contractors are just cut. Like they're gone. Like go ahead and talk to the new owners when you want. But the, the catch was there was no new owner. Like there's a bunch of bids going out to be the owner and to do this and do that. And that could be a multi-month process. And so I'm like, so what does that mean for me? And he goes, Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Like I, I've been already looking at, it. I've got three or four courses like that we're talking to. And then since I, again, I'm from the area, he goes, Hey, have you ever heard of Willow park? And you guys clearly don't know this, but this is, uh, well, you obviously remember Pine Creek, right? Yeah. 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 Take Pine Creek at its worst, times it by five, and that's what Willow Park was. Oh, it is just sure. a, it's just an old, forgotten about, rundown place with a water range, cruddy mats, even worse range balls, worse range balls than Pine Creek had. Those had like 14 or maybe maybe 16 dimples on a ball. Um, we had less than that on the – it was just I – like, I just like sunk my head because the course we were going to be at was a nice place. And so when you say it's 140 bucks an hour for a lesson, nobody bats an eye because they're on a solid range. They're hitting better golf balls they're on a better course. They expect better. So we go to this place now where if you told someone it was 140 bucks for one hour of instruction, A, they would never get more than one lesson from you. And B, most of the time they just turn right around. They, they're not interested in golf instruction at that point. Even if you offered a class, you could say, hey, yeah, it's, it's 40 bucks for you for an hour, but I'm also going to take 10 people in that class. And they were just like, nope, not interested. So we, I got the experience of building a, a golf instruction business where there was no business to be had. So there's two ways you could look at that is, oh my God, poor me. Like I'm making no money. Uh, I'm at this terrible golf course. Um, nobody plays here, et cetera, et cetera, right? You're making me sad. Dude, it was, I told you everyone would be super interested in this. (laughs) (laughs) So, or about it. And I thought, I felt like that. I felt like that for the first probably two months of my seven month internship. And then I started to think like, okay, this does kind of suck. Like I'm not teaching 12 hours a day. Like I wanted to, I'm teaching like one class a week uh, with like two kids in it. And I did not, was not interested. I want to teach tour players. That's what every coach wants to do. Needless to say, yeah. there was no tour players going through that play. 
So anyway. well, you're telling me Willow Park's not one of the the guy the stops where those guys roll around and want to practice out there? Dude, I think at <laughs> one time in 1928 it was. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I I just decided to be like, hey, I'm I'm I am learning how to build a teaching business because eventually that's what I have to do for myself. So even, and I'm working for one, he's seriously one of the smartest guys I've ever met. We were just so handcuffed that we had one place to go and it happened to be a terrible place. He was already running a well over a six figure business, teaching business at this place. And I was there to just increase everything. So he would have, you know, 150, $200,000 business just by teaching golf. Yeah. I'm like, Damn, like that's the guy I want to work for. And so I ended up learning so much because we had so much free time to learn about a starting a business B, I, I still needed to learn how to teach. Like you have to, I, yeah, I passed all three levels of PGA education on teaching, but let's be honest, like that's, that's barely scratching the surface of teaching. Like teaching is so comprehensive. And so Dude, one of the biggest jokes that we ever did, like, and I get that you have to do it. Like I get that there's a, you have to test somehow, but like you could go and put, I could go take 10 instructors, just from around the area of where I am, I mean, Mitchell's one mm-hmm. of them doesn't have a PGA card and would give a better lesson than 90% of PGA guys, just because we absolutely. had to do the book work, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I started to look at it in that positive manner of like, I'm learning stuff. So I, I would, I would, in my mind, I would say things like, Oh, like, let's say Spencer wanted to be an instructor too. And him and I graduated at the same time. I'm like, how much does Spencer know about starting a teaching business compared to me? Well, shit, at that time, I probably knew a ton more because I had to do it from zero, from nothing. You know what I mean? I, that's how I flipped it in a positive manner for myself um, to just get everything I could out of this seven-month internship. Is like, I'm learning things that everybody else doesn't have the opportunity to learn. I just have to sacrifice a lot of money. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was going to say, that, was, that sounds like, I mean, like you said, you could have looked at one of two ways, but that's a huge opportunity to basically be under a guy, but also kind of start your, your own, um, business essentially from nothing and, and really kind of learn all of that as you go. And now how much better off you are for that experience. I, right. I, by the end of the seven months, I, I continued to actually work with him after the seven months, he offered the job like right away. Um, I saw things picking up and so I still stuck with him. I stuck with him. I a total of two and a half years. I stuck there. Um, and then That's the awesome. reason I left is because, the job up here, my first job up here in Portland, they offered full-time teaching. They're like, you'll be full. You'll teach as many lessons as you can handle. And coming from a, a place where I had to like scratch and claw at people just to teach two lessons a week, two private lessons a week, maybe. And then a couple of classes, you know, to apparently this new glorious place in Portland where I could teach unlimited, so to speak. I was like, I have to go explore that. I have to go figure out, is that the truth? I'm not married. I don't have kids. Like it's, it's an hour and a half flight up there. It's like a 10 hour drive. Portland's cool. So I was like, I got to do it. I got to go do it. And so that's the only reason I left. I mean, the dude I worked for, I just adore the guy. He's so smart. He's, he, he played and coached at Stanford. He's a two-time wow. drive champion. He has a master's degree in sports psychology. It's like, it's, it was like this perfect storm of someone I could learn from. He just, he hit every aspect and then he'd also had owned three previous businesses that he sold for a massive profit so it's like you're getting this wow. super so, yeah, guy from stanford who runs businesses yeah. who is an instructor who was the pga teacher of the year in 2014 northern california pga P- teacher of the year 2014 
it's like, damn, like, I'm so glad I got to learn from that guy. But I think it was just time to go check something else out and see, see what it had for me, you know? Well, yeah, like one of the things that's the biggest in this business too is you could be not the best at school, get your PGA card. You could be great at school and get your PGA card. You have to like golf, obviously. That's why we do it. But having having somebody that you can learn from right out of the gates and will teach you everything and will not just like let you fail, but like let you fail for a reason because then you learn why you failed, you know, and things like Mm -hmm. that. And like they and then they're also a master at running their business even you know they have more qualified help in us even coming out of college than a lot of a lot of people but at the same time like they have to care enough about you and about and about their business simultaneously to be able to continue to run their good business but also teach you the way that they do it and there's so many different ways of doing this but when you find somebody like that you just kind of have to like hold on and like you said you know those last five months you were like fuck i you started to you know spin it in a positive light and realize hey this is cool like maybe this isn't what I want to do forever, but like it, we, it feels like a lot of people already just want to like skip steps. They just want to like yeah. graduate college and be a, be a millionaire. <laughs> millionaire. Exactly. Just without yeah. doing anything. So those, those, you know, grinding on the range or taking that one or two classes you had a week and just taking it the full, you know, full responsibility for it. But the full like idea of like, Hey, this is a stepping stone for me. I'm going to put everything I got into it and maybe something will come out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I would go teach lessons. And one thing I try to pride myself on is like, I don't want to give private lessons unless I feel ready for it. And if I feel comfortable charging the rate that I'm charging, like, is this person going to get, I think I was like at the times like $90 an hour, are they going to get their money's worth? Do I know what I'm talking about enough? And he, cause he didn't let me teach private lessons right away, which I would do the same thing with someone who just out of PGA school, um, until I, he saw how I interacted with people. He started to see my knowledge level increasing like every day. And then, so finally we did that. And I, you know, I can, I can honestly say that I've given a couple of like, you know, not so good lessons where I look back, it's like, damn, that's just not what that, that person needed to hear at that time. <clears throat> but we've all been there for sure. Oh, for sure. That's every instructor ever. I think you're absolutely lying. If you say that you've never given a bad lesson, I mean, there's sometimes where it's just like, I absolutely never have given a bad lesson because <laughs> you have to give a lesson to have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you guys, you guys know what I'm saying, right? But oh, at 100%. least the way that I was brought up into it, I feel like I have given so many, how do I word this properly? I have, I've given the least amount of bad lessons I think I could possibly give because of the way I was brought into this instruction world. Um, and that just makes me more confident in what I do today. So that's awesome, dude. Well, so you're, so you moved up to Portland. Where did you start in Portland and are you still there or are you at a different place now? So first moved up in 2018, uh, yeah, four years ago, like right now, literally to the week, um, at a place called Redtail, Redtail Golf Center. Uh, and it, this place is just a machine. I mean, they they have this massive golf shop. It's like a top five golf shop in the country every year. Um, we do wow. insane amount of, yeah, insane amount of sales, like, like $12 million a year in merchandise sales. Yeah. Holy shit. That's it's, and that's, yeah. that's one location. Yeah. It's one huge golf shop and we sell a ton of clubs and, uh, um, and a ton of lessons we do, we do, they did about a million dollars a year just in golf lessons, but that's across like 13 instructors. 
Holy cow. So I was, yeah, I was side by side, shoulder to shoulder with people teaching lessons every day. Everyone, you know, the good ones are busy nine, eight, nine, 10, 11 hours a day of private lessons. And then any classes they might run on the side. I also ran their summer camps. Check this out. Their summer camps are like 1500 kids a summer. What? 12 straight weeks, Monday to Friday, eight hours a day. And then that doesn't you get in there early to set everything up, to do all the paperwork, to do set up their accounts. And then, then you go run the camp. And then afterwards I have five lessons I still need to teach. I had to cut my lesson schedule down almost in half just to do these summer camps. So next, you know, it's 14, 15 hour days, just Monday to Friday, 12 straight weeks. Yeah. Holy shit. That's, that about stresses me out just hearing it. Talk about being in the grinder, man. It was, Oh my God. Yeah, it was exhausting. It got to the point where after 12 weeks is over and then I go back to teaching my 40, 50 private lessons a week. It just felt like a breeze. That's awesome. Yeah. I went from, so red tail, their machine, like I said, so within my first year there, I didn't officially start teaching until maybe halfway through the year. Cause they want you to split time in the pro shop at first. Um, I still taught 600 lessons that year and I started halfway through the year. Yeah. And that's not knowing anybody. I never, I'm not from here. I don't have friends. Up, I didn't have friends up here. And then the second year I taught 1200. So literally just doubled it. And then the third year it was like 13 and some change. And that was still with doing those summer camps, still taught 1300 lessons and did summer camps 60 hours a week for 12 weeks. So there's, you know, think what that converts to missing out on private lessons. Jesus, oh bro, do you sleep? Bro. Not during the summer. <laughs> Dude, my skin can't handle that shit. I'm, I'm red right now. I played eight <laughs> years and it was foggy out. <laughs> well dude and so one thing uh, um that we haven't really like discussed at super length but the fact of the matter is honestly if you're looking to make good money working in the golf industry you essentially have to be teaching Correct. and you have to be teaching almost basically full-time so give us i mean <clears throat> you don't need to divulge like brass tacks like numbers and everything but yeah. like i bet hypothetically speaking you're probably making three times right now what you would be making in the pro shop or at least double it uh, yeah depending on the pro shop on the golf shop close to double the the thing about where i was is i was an employee of Redtail, and so okay. they paid me like an hourly wage but only the hours that i taught so if I had a full day scheduled and five of them canceled, I'm only getting paid for five. Oh yeah. Okay. I got you. Well, for the 10, yeah, and so, so what, it what does even this, out. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask what, what was the split there and like, what's your, your split now? Okay. So the, the number that I got paid per hour was the same, no matter what. So if you came in and you bought one lesson, I got paid X. If you came in and bought the 40 pack of lessons, I still got paid X per hour. Oh, wow. Okay. So the split was basically, it's, it's more in my favor if I sell a bigger package because the price gets knocked down and they yeah. make the lion's share if I only sell one lesson because that's, you know, a hundred bucks and I don't, I don't make no hundred bucks an hour working for them. Yeah, then, for sure. So, yeah. so what is, what's your setup now then? Now I work at a place called X Golf. You guys, have you even heard of that yet? Uh-uh. X-Golf. So I'll give you the quick rundown on that. It's, it's an indoor facility, indoor simulator facility. I think they're I'm pretty sure X-Golf is now ranked the number one simulator in the world. 
it's it's super legit i mean simulators besides this can all read like ball flight like pretty much no problem nowadays that everything is so good um but the every other simulator is like trash at reading any kind of short game shot these okay. short game shots and putting are almost exact like they're insane like you guys would dig it so <clears throat> anyway I know, I know one of the guys that was going to open this place and he approached me and was like, Hey, like, you know what you're doing? Like, we don't know anything about golf instruction. Would you want to run it? And I'm like, do you mean like a director of instruction? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, cool. Yeah. I'll do that. Um, yep. I'm in. I came where from do I sign? Where I'm one of 13 at my last place and now I'm the one. So it's cool. Yeah, and you, so you guys cool. see my logo that I got made. One of my students made it for me. And now it's like my logo's up on the wall here. My PGA logo's on the wall here. This is like, this is the Andy Morris golf experience now versus just, hey, hey, Red Tail, can I get a lesson? Who's who's available? And like, oh, Andy happens to be available. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah. It's just a, <clears throat> not like now you have a, a, a ton of stability and not like questioning. And that, you know, like you're obviously a human. We're all humans. Like, having that stability and having something where you're not like constantly like, Oh, am I going to have lessons today? Can I go do this tonight? Or am I going to get randomly scheduled for this? You know, like you, it makes your life a lot easier when you're like, Hey, I know I'm going to be here from this time to this time. And I'm going to help, you know? So, so does that, the place you're at, is it more, is like, is it, do you guys do stuff that's like all encompassing of golf? Like meaning have a bar and have like leagues and things like that too. Yep. Yep. Think of it this way. Like we're a way more serious top golf. Okay. So top golf, colorful targets to hit at bunch of fun. Anybody could do it. Um, they got the bar, they got the music, they got someone waiting on you. So we have bar music, someone waiting on you, but we've got 50 golf courses to choose from and you're going to be hitting all your clubs in your bag because it's going to read all your short game shots. And so you're actually like trying to play. And then, yeah, we have leagues. The leagues are, are pretty sick, honestly. Um, because you can develop like a X golf handicap because your handicap should be a little bit lower in here. Cause every shot's off, obviously off a perfect lie. Right. Um, but if everyone has an X golf handicap, then it all says it's kind of fair. Um, cause everybody has to go through the small learning curve of how to hit those like pots and short game shots and whatnot. But so that's what it's like in here. And then I have a private hitting bay that's, that I can close the door to, and I can play the music I want to play. I can put whatever I want on the TV. Um, and so it's a really like kind of exclusive exclusivity feel, uh, privateness. And I got V1 cameras, slow motion from either side, you know, down the line face on. Um, and these guys I work for now are so cool that they're like, Hey, like, let us know when a training aid comes along that you want and we'll get you, we'll get it for you. Make sure that you keep delivering a good experience. Dude, that's awesome. They just like handed you the keys and they're like, that's somewhat, <laughs> that's, a, that, that's such a good feeling though. Cause like, now you get to take what you learned from that guy in California and you get to like take that stuff that you thought was good and successful up to your spot. And then you also get to take, you know, what you think you could have changed there, what you can make better and make it the exact way you want it. That's what's been awesome because the guys I'm with now, they admit that they don't know much. They they're business savvy and they love golf. They just are not, in the golf industry like I am. And so that's why they came to me and I said, you know, Hey, we need to offer classes. We need to have lessons and we need to have leagues. Here's how I would do the leagues. Here's how I would score it, blah, blah, blah. So I've really helped them start do a lot, start doing a lot of the stuff that resembles a regular golf course. 
And I think that's, people have been, we've been doing really well. We've been open for three months, maybe three and a half months. And I started, yeah, maybe four months. And I started maybe about three and a half months ago here. Dude, that's awesome. So my, my quick question is they, I don't know how to describe it, but there, I feel like there's sometimes, and even I have this sometimes, I feel like sometimes there's a stigma with golf because you, so real quick, give me a rundown in Portland. Is it, if you want to brave the, the windy rainy kind of conditions, you guys golf year round or is there snow? Yeah. Is there play? Okay. So it's year round. Yes. Yeah, it's year any, round, but you got to put up with some weather for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Is there, you like, do you feel like there's a stigma of you being not, I don't know how to say it with, I'm not, this is, it's not disrespectful at all, but you being like a golf professional, but not at a golf course or do people like, you know what I mean? Like there are people like, Oh, it's all inside. It's not that real. Or th- do you guys have like anything with any golf courses where they can actually go play? Because practice is no better. It's, there's no way to get better than hitting off of a, you know, a flight scope or a track man or whatever you guys have and, and, pra- and just grinding on your swing. But at the same time, we're all getting to, going out to the golf course and actually playing. So how do you like relate those two and make it feel like, you know, it's a great experience. And uh, with, yeah. it's not like you guys are in California where the weather's nice 99% of the time. So I'm <laughs> right. sure there's a, a lot of time where people are like, shit, I want to get inside or this is cool. There's a bar, but like translating that to the actual golf course and, and, and not having that stigma of, Oh, this is like, like a top golf essentially. Right. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. I, I've noticed uh, at least, I think when it comes to the lesson side of things, there's a little bit more of like, oh, like, I don't know, like, let me come check it out versus, oh, yeah, I'll come do it for sure. Um, Because it's indoor, because you hit into a screen. Um, It is there. Now, I'll be perfectly honest, as soon as they are in here and they hit five or ten, not even not even ten balls, and it's showing exactly what they normally do, their comfort level is right there they just go right and they relax like, Oh, well, okay. This is not as scary as I thought it was going to be. It's not as inaccurate as I thought it was going to be. <clears throat> so, and then when I show them like, Hey, when this happens indoors, this is how it's a little bit different on the course. You know what I mean? Like if you chunk it, right. Any mat, any range that you're hitting off mats, they can chunk it by four inches and still see a shot go in the air and go pretty far. I will For either sure. teach them how to hear it, teach them how to feel it. Or there's literally, at least at X-Golf, there are sensors in the ground and it'll tell you that you chunked it, even though it might have looked good and sounded good. So at least with X-Golf, that part's really cool. Um, wow, that's that technology is crazy, dude. That sounds like yeah. an, another level up from like anything. Yeah, it is. It is. There's <clears throat> a little plate. If you're hitting off the ground, you got to hit off this little plate. It's turf, but there's there's like seven or eight sensors underneath it going from front to back. So if you hit six inches behind it, it we don't have a six-inch thing that lights up but you have something that says hey you hit way behind it on that one or you get a little bit better and it's like oh you barely hit behind that one on that one so um that part's really cool um and then my job in the next couple weeks really is to go reach out to some nearby golf courses so that i can go give some you know chipping and sand lessons and stuff like that and get on the golf course and say hey we look really good on the inside on the indoors let's go see what is or is not working on the golf course so then we'll go play nine holes so there's definitely ways around it. <clears throat> for, for sure, man. That makes sense. Um, so getting more a little bit into your, your golf swing methodology, what do you, what do you generally like to focus on? Um, what, like what coaches do you like to follow and who have you learned from and things like that? 
it's hard not to love Mr. George Gankus. The dude is super I, smart. Um, I know he's he's got his look, he's got his vibe, which I really appreciate because um, he's taking the, the classic golfing worms and flipping them upside down. Um, but the dude is really smart. I remember following him. He's He's been a main dude that I follow a lot. But I follow a lot of instructors because I want to see what everybody says and what they think. You know what I mean? And there's people that I just – I'll, I'll keep them on the social media just because who knows, they might have a drill that I love or something, but um, he's a big one. Um, I, I try to take, man, I'm sure every instructor says this, but I try to take as simplistic approach as possible. If, if the person can just set up with a little bit of balance, if they can learn how to just pivot a little bit and yeah, like, and they have a, an okay position up top, I, you know, and let's talk, this is the general amateur I'm talking about, obviously which is 99% of who I'm going to teach. Mm-hmm. If they can just set up with a good proximity to the ball, which is going to get them balanced. And if they can turn, maybe if, even if they physically can't turn all the way to get all the proper depth and all that, they, there's still just a million ways to hit the golf ball clean and at your target. So some of the main stuff I'm going to look at with any new student is how do you set up to the ball? Can you turn it all on the way back? And then can you turn all it all on the way through? And then we have, then I start to teach them about timing. Cause let's say they can do all that stuff, but clearly they're, I'm sure their timing is going to be off somewhere because they're still chunking it. They still hook it. They still slice it, whatever. They don't understand club path yet face angle yet, but yeah, I hope, hopefully this is answering your question at least a little bit, but. but oh, will, no, for sure, man. Yeah. I just like to, I like to hear how different instructors kind of like go about, you know, what they look at first things first. And, and I think what you and I, <clears throat> I think you can probably relate, but I really like, like talking to people beforehand, like you said, and really getting a feel for where they're at and what they want to accomplish. Yep. And I, I I feel like that's such an underrated thing with golf is like, what do you, what do you want to get out of this? Like, what do you, where do you, where do you want to take your golf game? Because that's, that's really kind of what it comes down to. And then you can kind of get into all the technicalities and things like that. But yeah, Yeah. I, I definitely, I just love hearing about it because everybody teaches different and there's a, you know, like it, and I'm sure you've learned this quickly in your last five, six years of teaching, like you, you, everybody, I wouldn't say everybody knows the same stuff, but a lot of instructors know a lot of the same stuff. It's all about how they convey it and get their point across to their, their student is the difference between a, a pretty good coach and a really good coach. And, yep. you know, it, it's Not just, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's all very, it's a very personal thing. So I just, I always enjoy hearing different instructors opinions and things like things like that. So. Yeah. I probably really should have started with like, I don't know if you do it like on paper, but I have a whole like player intake form. That's just two-sided. It's not, you know, it's not a novel long, but it's two-sided. And it's just to get basic information on them of like, how long have you played? What does your ball do? Do you know what chunk contact is or thin contact is? Um, you know, what do you actually shoot? Do you, do you even keep score? Um, and what I, actually I like that do, idea a lot, actually. I, yeah, every that's student, cool. I take every student through it. I put them on paper, they get a folder. It's right there. We can always reference. Cause then also on that same, like on the back side of that sheet, I'm going to start to write down like, okay, like here's what I would work on with this person. And here's the, approximately the order I would do it in if everything was to go perfectly. 
Um, and so that way I'm never too far off track with them. I don't start spiraling into something that maybe they don't even need to worry about because that happens really fast as, a, as oh, an instructor because we'll see 15 things wrong with them that I'm like, okay, if we can just fix those 15 things, they're going to be a great golfer. <laughs> Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And you, you, know? you can only touch on one, maybe two, three things like max yeah, to give them in one session. And but you, like rule. you said, it's so easy to get like, where you're like, oh, like, and it's not even big things. It's just you you want to get it all out there because you're seeing it all, but you can't give that all to them at one time. It's so hard. No, yeah, that's that's where I was talking about earlier. That's where the experience comes in as a coach is like, okay, I, I see everything. You know what? I see it all the time too, and I'm starting to take pride in it nowadays. It's like maybe I'll teach a junior and their parents in with me, and the parents like, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And I'll just be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Like that's something that needs to be fixed. Yep. Yep. You know, and that's just where it ends because if you, Oh God, if you start doing that, you're just doing such a disservice to the student. But, but again, that's why I, and then I'll show the parents that, that layout of like, here's what I would do. And I'm telling them like, Hey, every little line that you see that I wrote, think of that as a lesson. And you, yeah. you see 20 lines written out. Yeah. That's because you need a minimum. You, this person needs a minimum of 20 sessions. Okay. I'm going to share something really quickly. So I, I believe the, uh, the national average, if you look at lessons, amount of lessons sold like per transaction with somebody in the United States is roughly like two, two point something, maybe. Um, and I'm sure that fluctuates a little bit. Um, I learned a lot from this last place I worked at of like, that's, that's kind of bullshit. Like you can't get anybody better in two lessons. You can spin their head in circles and teach them everything about a golf swing in two lessons. But you can't get them better. You know what I mean? That's, so it, that's actually really like, relevant. I like that. You can't. So I don't even my lowest package I even offer now is five. I don't offer anything less than that. I have an evaluation. If you don't want anything past the evaluation, well, then you pay for it. And that's 115 bucks. Okay. If you buy a package of lessons, the minimum being five. Then I just wipe out the evaluation and say, hey, thanks for committing to me. You don't have to pay for that evaluation. We now have five lessons going forward, and here's what we're going to work on for those five. Right. Um, Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that's and so and then I, I have packages all the way up to 50 because I will lay out 20, 30 lines of like, here's what you should be working on. Here's what I would work on with you because we've already talked about your goals. And it's like because you shoot 95 and because you want to shoot 75 and you want to do it in two years, I'm laying out a two-year plan for you. It takes 10 or 15 minutes, but I'm doing that during their evaluation while I talk to them and while I watch them. And so then they'll say, oh, I want five. I'm like, okay, like five. If we do five, we have to do these five. And then they'll look at this yeah. little tiny chunk compared to the whole page I just wrote up for them. I'm like, see what you're missing out on? Now, yeah. I get it. Like money doesn't grow on trees. And if, if I'm getting the five that they're like, they're stretching it as far as they can just to get five, I'm not going to tell them no. I'm saying, hey, let's get to work. Let's do five badass sessions. And maybe in that time, you save up enough money to do another five. Totally, man. That's, that's, of, that's a really that's smart way to go so about to, it. You're, they're going to be worse off and they're going to think you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's okay. the worst feeling. I, I, <clears throat> I know that feeling really well. But one thing I was going to ask you that is more just for my curiosity of being a teacher is, when now over a period of time, there's not, there can't be too many lessons, right? Obviously, I mean, people always have stuff to work on, but when is it too much, like too quick? Like, do you have like a, 
a, a limit on like, yo, like I'm not like some people are like, oh, I want my kid to take, you know, three lessons, three days apart or back to back to back. And I'm like, yo, like that, like, yeah, we can do chipping, putting this and that and spread it out and do totally different sessions. Like you said, not going to make him much better, maybe get him a feel for the overall game. But is there a point where you're like, yo, that's like, we just did one You're and you're not practicing. Like (laughs) what, where do you, where do you draw that line? So that's a great question. Um, It is case by case a little bit there. Um, because I, I've actually had a, a student or two where they've benefited greatly from two lessons a week. But I explained to them, like, okay, one of the lessons is to learn something. And the other lesson is to teach you how to practice it. So, I mean, because everyone thinks they know how to practice. This is kind of what I was telling Spencer before we started this. As like, I get pretty passionate about how to practice and, like, <laughs> the ways you should be practicing and then the ways you should be preparing for rounds or for tournaments or for whatever. But... For a student like that who's starting to take the game super serious, I would say, okay, two a week is fine, but think how fast you're going to burn through those lessons, number one. And number two, I'm telling you straight up, I'm not teaching you something new every time I see you. Like, so if that's the expectation, then I either get over it or I'm not the coach for you, you know? Um, Usually, though, vast majority, it's once a week to start, if depending on their skill level. And then as we get closer to golf season or they're just getting a lot better and they do practice a lot, I'll say, I don't need to see you until two weeks from now. Um, I don't like to go outside of that just because we'll spend half their lesson package just like going back over things, which is, you know, not necessarily a bad thing, but eventually that student's going to feel like their money's not being utilized the way they wish it would. It is partly their fault because they don't practice enough, but so vast majority once a week to once every other week. Um, and then if they're like struggling or stressing or something, they got a tournament coming up and they're hitting it terribly. Then I'm like, Hey, come back in. It's not a big deal. Like let's, uh, and I'll, I'll just like, it's almost like I practice with them. I don't actually hit balls, but I'll be like, Hey, try that again. Try it this way or hit it over there. Take, take this club, the variable stuff, but it won't be like, here, let me teach you something new about your club face and your grip. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's, tournament that's tomorrow, and I need you to do this perfectly by tomorrow. No, no, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh. That answer the question a little bit. Yeah, that's 100%. perfect because, like, I I have the other other people too that they're they want to do once a week, which I'm fine with, but they don't practice at all in between it, and then that you know those lessons just become overlapping, like you said, where you're telling them the same thing, and it's like, dude, like you're you're kind of wasting my time. You're paying for it, but you're definitely wasting your time. In the fact that like, you know, you can't just like, or take a lesson, not play golf for a month, then take another lesson. And then you're like, well, why am I almost worse? And I'm like, well, because you didn't work on any of that stuff. You forgot everything that I told you. We're basically going to do 45 minutes of what we just did. And then 15, maybe 15 minutes of something that you can work on going forward. Right. It's, it's something that I try to get ironed out that very first meeting. You can't get everything ironed out in an hour with somebody as far as far as like that evaluation. And when you start to learn, what do you want to get out of golf instruction? And if they are one of those ones that claim they're going to be super serious and they're like, no, like I'm obsessed with golf. I'm ready to shoot 75. um, Then I'm like, okay, that's great. I was there too. And we can do it. But keep in mind when I got there, that's because I was practicing five or six days a week and I played two or three days a week. And I did that for three years, (laughs) you know, and I already had, I already had a golf background before then. 
So I'm like, I try to keep things in perspective for them. And I, that's the best thing I can do for them. So when they don't practice and then they cancel two lessons in a row and I haven't seen them for a month and a half and they're coming back bitching, I, I'm, now, I'm now confident and I tell them, that's your fault. I, I had you on a schedule. I talked to you about how many times you should practice. I mean, I can't hold their hand the whole time, but they, as a coach, they need to know that I'm expecting them to practice as much as they can, minimum of one time in between lessons, if it's every week. So that's, that's the most I can do as a coach. I can't call them every day and be like, hey, did you go practice today? You know, I mean, if I yeah, have two students, three students max, then, then that's all I had to worry about. Well, sure, I could do that, but yeah, it, there's definitely uh, right now, and that's going to double in another three, four months, probably six months. Yeah, I mean, people have to be people have to hold themselves accountable, and they they honestly just think it's kind of they're paying you this money to. They, I, I sometimes compare it to like people think we're like a mechanic, like you roll in, you pay for them to fix your car, and it's fixed. Like no, there's so much more legwork that's not done by the instructor. <laughs> On yeah. the, with you, yeah. you getting better at golf, like you're, we're giving them the tools, but they ultimately choose what to do with it. So that's, uh, yeah. it's, it's definitely just people learning how to properly receive instruction. So, yeah. well, Hey Andy, before we let you go, we got to do uh, a little fairway or four with you here. So Spencer, oh, yeah. I'm, go, I'm curious about that. I'm ready for this. Go, Spencer, go ahead and start us off. What's your fairway or four this week? All right, Andy. So you, you get, you get to be the answer. So you get to say whether or not you think it's fairway or whether or not you think it's four. All right. All right. All right. So <laughs> this past week we had a, uh, um, a putter throw just straight, straight into the water. Just yeah, that thing was yacked out there. <laughs> yeah. He, so, so sick. Yeah. So fairway or four it, do you think there's, cause I do the same shit. I throw my clubs. I've gotten a lot better at it, but do you think fairway or four throwing clubs is it's immature? We all know that, but do you think it's like, like, would you, would you ever be mad if somebody like did it once? Like, do you think it's a one-off thing or do you think somebody's got a serious problem when they're, when they're hucking clubs all the time? And this is where I just pick one of those two words. Yeah. Basically you just, you just decide, like, do you think it's something that is like acceptable every once in a while? Or do you think it should, are you just like, no, that's, that's never something that should happen. I'm going to go fairway. It's acceptable every once in a while. All right. Um, Cause I, I think that especially old, old times, let's call it 20 years and before of golf, it is very gentlemanly. It is very everything like that, which I do respect about our game. I really do. Um, but every once in a while, showing a little bit of emotion like that is kind of cool. It's like, oh, they're not just robots out there just hitting shots perfectly all day long. It's like they get frustrated too. And I think it's a way to help beginners and intermediates like actually kind of like Kind of like, hey, I'm kind of with them. I'm with the tour pro right now. Hey, hey, I threw a club last week. I'm just like Matt Jones. Yeah, yeah. I had to pay another 300 for mine. He got hit for free. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> right, I, exactly. Every once in a while, um, sure. I think fairway on that because it just it's okay to show a little emotion once in a while. I I would agree with you there. I know Spencer would definitely agree with you there. Um, so Spencer. <laughs> Spencer mentioned you're a, you're a, so you're a Northern California native. You're an Oakland A's fan. Yes, um, <clears throat> so fairway or four? 
are the athletics going to end up in Las Vegas? Gosh. And I know that probably hurts you to say, but I know <laughs> yeah, there's there's been a lot of swirling with that. And they're like, dude, in Vegas is just the spot where if there's any franchise that is, you know, I, I wouldn't call the athletics sad, but it's it's like the just the the whole deal with the new stadium and all this. And like, they're you know, to, there's gonna, trying to pump them up again, trying to get them relevant. Yeah. Unfortunately, I might have to say fairway. It's, oh. it's so sad as a as a native oakland you know resident is like uh, two teams so this is not the main goal of today's conversation but you got the a's and the raiders coming from oakland who historically have been really good they've won championships multiple championships in their given sports not so much in the last 15 20 years but there's plenty of franchises doing the same thing that will won't move and they i mean we still had a fan base showing up to games so i it's, it's sad to see, but, uh, I mean, it happened so – what felt like so quickly to the Raiders is the thing is just a matter of time until the A's are over there too. Yeah, yeah that's, that's – Unfortunate. Unfortunate. All right, I got last, last question. Um, <laughs> if, well, before we get to your players pick, because this week's the players, the fifth major, um, mm-hmm. we're going to do a pool for that. So if you guys are out there listening, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We're going to do a pool and give away actually a Titleist 818 hybrid for first place and mm-hmm. a pins and aces Joker putter head cover for second place. So make sure you're checking that out. But before your players pick, we need a quick ish because I know you got to go craziest yeah. lesson story ever. Oh man. I know you got to have one. You've taught over 5,000. There's got to be something yeah. here. Just like, yo. Oh God. Well, you know what? Uh, maybe nothing. I don't think there's anything super crazy in like a private lesson, but running those summer camps for three years, dude. Some kids. Stuff. Uh, that, yeah. Or it has to come from summer camps. As soon as we as soon as we hang up, I'm sure I'll think about that private lesson one. But some cans for sure. This kid, <laughs> it's lunchtime, and uh, this kid is young. He's like five, right? So you can't hold it against him. But it's it's lunchtime. He brought her whole lunch, and then also went and bought a hot dog. And this kid's tiny. He's like 40 pounds. Like there's no way he's gonna eat all this food. <laughs> he had a whole whole sandwich and chips at the work. So then he goes and gets a hot dog. But he gets a hot dog when there's like one minute left of lunchtime. And we're running that many kids. Like we run it to the minute. Like things got to be ready to go. Yeah. And this kid's got ketchup and mustard on his hot dog. His five-year-old. <laughs> and we tell him, dude, like you got to throw that away or something. Like we got to go. We got to go up to the range or short game, whatever we were doing. And he goes, oh, okay. No big deal. And he, he takes a hot dog and just opens his backpack and throws it in there. <laughs> ketchup and mustard and all. Oh my god, that is... just didn't care. He's like, oh no problem. I'll save this for later. <laughs> his mom was probably like, what the fuck happened? Oh, I can't imagine what they thought when he got brought his backpack home that night. I don't and that's one of like a hundred stories like that. Oh dude, working oh. with kids, man, it's unreal the stories you get. Yeah. Yeah, we've oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, oh, I got a million more things to say about golf instruction, but we won't bore everybody too long on the, on the one podcast. Here. <laughs> no, but, man, you're awesome. Definitely going to be have to have to become a recurring guest. Appreciate you yeah, taking your sure. time. Uh, once again, plug your Insta at Andy Morris golf, right? Do you have a Facebook page, any of that stuff or even X golf? I'm going to uh, get people following that stuff. 
just TikTok, same same name. TikTok, Andy Morris Golf. We need yep. to do like uh we need to do one of those uh I'm not a cro- too f- a collab. Yeah, like the one of those TikTok collabs. Teach me how to do that shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we can figure that out. Give me the YouTube tutorial. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we need to YouTube how to YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's right. Oh, real, man. Quick, real quick before we let you go, who's your players pick this week? Oh, that's right. Players pick. Players pick. Uh, dang. I'm going. He's pretty hot right now, even though he didn't just win, but Javi, Hovland. I like yeah, that. Yeah. We are a we are Victor Hovland Stan podcast. He's probably our favorite golfer on tour, so we're uh, nice. We're, we're in with that pick, but we're giving Andy Morris the guest pick. If he hits it, we're making him come on every single week for another pick. So Hovland wins All the right. players. Look out, buddy! You got a weekly special deal. Sounds good to me, <laughs> buddy. Uh, appreciate you, Andy. Hell yeah! Thanks, guys. A bunch of fun. I'll talk to you guys. Yeah, soon. thanks, bro.